How's everyone going? Uh, this is Classic Amateurs. My name is Raz, and I'm here with Norman. Hello, everyone. What were your thoughts uh, tonight? My thoughts tonight are centered around uh, a little girl, and let me explain. <laughs> okay. We are going to talk about Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the book, Lolita is essentially an adventure book for a pedophile. So <laughs> it centered, right. yeah. Uh, what do you know about this book? Um, so yeah, disclaimer, I obviously haven't read the book, just like any other book that you're, uh, you're presenting. It's actually super interesting because I, I have not read the book, so I'm really interested to hear your take on it. I have seen the movie, I assume it's 1997 with Jeremy Irons, I believe. And it's the type of movie I was probably 10 or, or 12 is the type of movie that you see, you, know, you saw in the evening uh, when your parents were busy doing something else. And I only saw glimpses of, and I knew there was something wrong about that movie. And I just didn't, I've never actually spent the whole time watching it through because I always felt guilty about it. I knew it. I think when I was 12, that there was something really wrong in that narrative. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've never come to terms with that. So <laughs> it's great that we're talking about that. <laughs> I think there are many people who didn't come in terms with the, the book or the movie or the story in general. There was actually two movie adaptations of this one that you mentioned. And then there was an earlier one with uh, Stanley Kubrick because of its popularity, but they actually aged the characters because in the book, she is 12 years old, but in the movie, I think mm -hmm. she's 17, at least in the Stanley Kubrick one. And like generally, the, the book is an exercise in language where the main character, the narrator, the named pedophile named uh, Humber, Umber, really weird name. <laughs> Humpy Dumpty. Is, Humpy Dumpty is you know, introducing you to his adventures with the 12 year old Lolita. He often refers to as the nymphet. The nymphet just means like a young child that's kind of like becoming womanly. And their adventures are what we read about in the book. Obviously, these are not adventures like the Indiana Jones adventures. It's more like adventures of love and adventures of conflicts and um, all around the clock. Mm. So by the way, yeah. can I just call out how controversial this topic is now, uh, given the Russia Ukraine situation of actually, apparently some people have an issue with covering, uh, Russian, uh, authors these days. And, uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of a cancel culture around even talking about Russian authors. I, I know he's not entirely Russian, but he's Russian American. Yeah. Correct. Is that, is that correct. true? Yeah. He's Russian American. And, uh, apparently we are not participating in this cancel culture so please don't cancel us <laughs> which i'm actually very very happy about i think um, okay. any restriction of uh, freedom of speech or, or cultural um, yeah. cancellation is really not the way to go and sure. uh, we all hope for peace um yeah okay well um do so you want to talk about what did you want to do you want to tell me more about the author because I, that's an interesting first of all he's american russian right or did you want to go straight into the topic I'll, I'll go uh, straight about into it. rape, or is it called <laughs> hebophilia? If if it's a pre, kind of, in puberty, if you're um, if the, a person is attracted to someone at that puberty stage already, so it would, uh, it's not exactly pedophilia, which is really children before the age of puberty. I, I guess so. Anyway, it's but just a detail. The, the the running joke is, is that, that relevant? no, no. Um, the the <laughs> running joke is that when 
when you try to explain the difference between you know pedophilia and apophilia, whatever the, you mentioned, people will quickly assume that you are trying to defend pedophilia. So <laughs> I'd rather not go into right. it. Um, the right, topic so is the non-debate. Uh, the topic is is a bit more nuanced um, here. We are not dwelling on definitions too much, but rather than you know uh, we are talking about an unreliable narrator because one of the most important one of the reasons lolita became such a, a massive hit mm. and very important story is because it's one of the few books that introduced unreliable narrators do you know anything about unreliable narrators or have any thoughts on that i mean um i've i was always a bit fascinated with uh, with joyce and stream of consciousness i don't know if that's exactly it. But I'd, I'd hypothesize that it has some roots in the fact that, um, you know, as opposed to the classical novel of the, whatever, the, uh, the realism or, um, right, of uh, Balzac and so on, where they're trying to portray things as real as possible. You're dealing with um, the human psyche, which uh, has its own stream of, of visions. And to your point, uh, may even go down as, uh, you cannot trust basically what, um, what it produces, and it, or it's a very, very narrow and subjective view of the world. Yeah, yeah, and that can be at conflict with the uh, reality as described by a consensus, right, of other people from the outside. That what that would mean, effectively. And I can hypothesize to the point of a conflict uh, of this magnitude of um, um, statutory rape. Yeah, so I, I want to like sum it up in a in a much quicker way. Unreliable narrator is when the story that you are being told is not the story that's actually happening, right? So a famous example from movies is Fight Club, where you have mm. the story going forward and in the end it's revealed that something completely different happened, right? So it it is kind of like... Oh, I, I just remember the book that um, was on that theme. I think I've read The Collector. I don't remember mm-hmm. who wrote it. I have a lapsus now. But uh, Collector basically is this book... Um, that is divided in two. It's basically the serial killer, the the cap, the one that captures the victim mm-hmm. and their perspective. And then you see you in the second half of the novel, you get the victim's perspective on exactly the same events. Yeah, and it is crushing. Yeah, it's a very good creative device. There are plenty of good movies across different genres that use it, as well as books. So, Life of Pi is a good example, as well as Gone Girl. There, there are plenty of books that use unreliable narrators, and and it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's quite a modern um, take. What, what you said is is actually accurate, but I want to make it distill it into a much simpler form, which is that what the narrator, what the storyteller tells you, is not exactly what happens. And what the point of the the book, the the reason why this book became so influential is because mm. the main character admits that he is the bad guy. He admits that he is a pedophile. But at the same time, he paints himself as the good guy oftentimes to the point where you start to feel sympathetic towards him. He um, puts himself into a situation where most things do not happen because of him, but happens outside of him. And he just kind of like... Happened to him. It just, it just happens, right? So... One of the common criticisms that come up is that he states that in the book, at least, the little girl is the one that initiates the relationships, right? So the little girl that hits on him rather than the other way around. 
And then, you know, a lot of the descriptions, a lot of their adventures together is, is described like they would be a normal couple. And then you have moments in the book when he reveals a much more insidious part of the relationship, like the part where he just casually remarks how this little girl, Lolita, named Lolita, cries uh, after each, you know, moment they are together or uh, how she is showing, you know, withdrawal, which he just claims to be childish stubbornness. But many people argue it is, it is like a traumatic response to abuse. So, right. and, and this is helped by a lot other characters as well. So you have the child's mother who is very ma- manic and very like emotional as well as an, another pedophile who is like the, I guess, bad guy pedophile. I guess every pedophile is a bad guy, but he's like the super evil caricature of a pedophile. While the main character, Amber Amber, is like the good guy pedophile, quote unquote, good guy pedophile. And it's all positioned and 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 for the the narrative is is put together in very clever in a very clever ways to show that our main character, the main pedophile, is 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 actually good and it's it's not his fault. Nothing that he's doing is doing out of you know malice or anything. And there are some very interesting moments there, um, like the the discussion around what happens with between them when. Lolita grows up and actually gets older and how he feels about that and uh, just generally like what exactly happens in a pedophile's mind once he achieves what he actually wanted mm. and I, I guess that's the reason why this book is is incredibly popular as well as incredibly nuanced and and discussed um, and controversial Controversial, yeah. The book actually doesn't have a very exciting end. Um, in the end of the day, the guy gets caught, right? And the relationship break up. But the way he, he thinks about his demise and his, his punishment is, is very interesting. Because unlike, you know, what we would expect a pedophile saying, oh, I'm a good guy, whatever. He actually admits that he is the bad person. But he often puts himself as, as, a, as a victim of, of circumstances rather than a active, someone who had an active role in making those bad things happen, right? Hmm. So I guess that's really it, right? Um, there's a few interesting things I read about Lolita um, when I was researching it. For example, a, a Texas town named Lolita was very upset at the book when it, was, when it came out. They are a small religious community, so you can imagine how crazy things got very quickly. Um, they almost changed their name, but they they have not in the end, so they are still called Lolita. I mean, that's why I'm actually really interested. In one point, you touched upon the the nuance around the age of the girl and the fact that visually, I mean, obviously, first of all, call out you can you can bear a lot more in a book reading it than seeing it. I've yeah. noticed this. And um, so, for instance, um, I know people, including myself, right? You can you can bear the, the horror, for instance, of a, of a thrilling scene or a horror, horror scene a lot more in a, while you're reading it and imagining it yourself because you feel you have more control than uh, if you were to be exposed to it visually in a movie. And uh, I, I guess that's maybe related to this kind of the... the 
the episode of uh, the re- this relationship uh, between the two. I was also wondering whether once you you raise the age of the girl to seventeen as opposed to twelve, that um, clear divide, right, clear um, wrong disappears. So the movie ends up being about something else, which because it's a lot more uh, difficult and ambiguous at seventeen than it is at twelve. I don't know if we want to go into that. But I'm just calling it out that is, sure. there's a big difference between 12 and 17, and um, sure, I yeah. think um, it's no longer so much about the guy just being completely wrong, but about that that tension about what is effectively ma- sort of maturity in terms of making judgments around the topic. That's how I was perceiving it when I was seeing the movie as a, between a teenager and and an adult person, and I actually thought that the the what was really wrong about it was the fact that it was the stepfather that to me, that was always the thing that bothered me the most. This, yeah. this, the fact that he had come into this family and became a stepfather and then it got, got it entangled with this girl, that, that this archetype of the stepfather, uh, which we, we see as a you know trope everywhere <laughs> right now. Right. There's something, there's, there's something. What are you that. doing? Stepfather. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right so why are we attracted so much or why is this uh, uh, archetype of stepfather so uh interesting to us what is it about it because we had snow white the other time when we talked about it. Hmm. i talked about the archetype of the stepmother what it means but here yeah. we are talking about the archetype of the stepfather besides yeah. beside the fact that it was very well written and it puts you in the mind of a person that is clearly doing wrong things it's an avatar for yourself to be doing all these bad things, yet still kind of feeling comfortable with that. And it's an exploration into that. Um, what else was it about this whole being kind of a, the stepfather archetype? Did you, 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 did you find um, fascinating or interesting? Uh, what, what is it about it? Well, so I don't know the, if you don't know the answer, I don't know the answer myself. I'm just, I don't know, something about it. Well, in, in, in the book, the way it's described is that Umber Umber is suffering from attraction to these young girls at from very early age. And he actually ties it with like another girl that he was in love with when he was young and then died. And he kind of explains it as, as the trauma that that caused actually made him a pedophile. And he is struggling with his attraction to little girls and he tries to cure himself by marrying older women. So he has I think he has several wives, but he keeps divorcing them because it's not working out. So the way he, the reason why he becomes Lolita's stepfather is because he wants to get close to her. And the only way he can really get close to her is by, you know, courting the mom and marrying the mom. So I don't think there's anything beyond this in the book, but I I understand like nowadays the whole step, father step bro that sort of stuff became a, mm-hmm. a a bit of a meme as well as a, a device as for why stepfather and not just father is i think probably the same reason as as snow white sometimes not biological but stepmother right because the idea that a mother abuses her own child or a father abuses his own child is so reprehensible that that uh, that's, most, most of society cannot handle it. I think I was talking to my girlfriend about it and she was saying that, um, and uh, this is probably applicable to the US mostly, but I don't know, maybe it, it works for, for other countries as well, is when 
a father abuses a child, sometimes the mother gets longer sentence because she enabled the abuse than the actual abuser because that's how deeply rooted it is in society. And I think to an extent it applies to the dad as well. Like I know it's a bit contradictory, but but I think may, maybe the dad is, is like one stage divorce from this uh, or one, one step away from this, but still, still. Why did people want to read it? Why, why would you read it now? Anyway, is it still readable? Is it still? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is pretty easy to read. It's, it's not a long story either. I know that, when I when I read about the release of the novel, a lot of a lot of publishing houses have turned it down, thinking that it's quote unquote jailbait. Many people express that they will go to jail if they release this if they release this book. But then in the end, I'm not really sure who, but they released it. I, I think I think it's just interesting. You know, I, I'm not really sure how it fits into those 50s conservative society. I'm not sure why people tolerated it, but they did. And to be honest, I think in, when it comes to this topic specifically, today we are probably way more black and white about it. Like if, mm. if you think about discussion, especially with ca- cases like the, the Jeffrey Epstein stuff that came out a few years ago. Was it a few years ago? A few years ago, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, and, right. and <laughs> time flies, huh? Um, and so... With these, it just became very, very black and white. Back then, it was a lot of people probably looked at it as like a psychological study of someone who is a pedophile, and they could mm-hmm. look at just like American Psycho, for example, looks into and, and someone. They could bear the ambiguity that look. Obviously, I, I don't approve with this, but I can still experience that. Right, as an avatar, be on that journey and un- understand what's happening without necessarily approving of it, right? It's kind of yeah. empathy versus sympathy. I, I mean, not everyone. More, more, <laughs> not everyone handles well, it. Well, clearly. But the appeal of the book is in this um, this experience, right, right, that you're having, right, within a, a character, a, a, narrative, a, a narrative voice that is clearly reprehensible ultimately, but you're still going on that journey. And it's a bit like a roller coaster in that sense, right, where you're, you're clearly doing something against your instincts, but you're still going along for the thrill of being in something. You know it's different, and you know it's going to end at the end. And you know it's not real, but there's something about going through that journey that is worthwhile because you're you are learning something. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I guess the, you have to ask yourself, like, what books are you trying to read? Are you trying to only read books where you agree with the characters that are in the book, or are you trying to explore ideas uh, of or, and different situations? And the answer is never going to yeah. be a, a straight yes or straight no, right? It's going to be everyone will have a different tolerance to it. And I guess this topic, the looking into the head of a pedophile, is probably an extreme case of you know if you are someone that says. Hey, I don't want to read this because I don't feel comfortable with it. I, I'll totally understand, right? I just again, I think this is a mistake, and also the beauty of literature in a way, because um, you're often tempted to put a equal sign between the author, the narrator, and yourself as a reader going through that. And it's this is just proving that it's not the same person, right? The, the fact that Nabuko, um, sorry, Nabukov wrote this doesn't mean that he agrees with this, and doesn't make him a bad person for putting this down. Yeah. Although you know people would be you know easily um, um, sort of believing that, that that would be the case. Yeah. That the fact that he's even thinking thoughts of uh, sort of the thoughts of these things make you necessarily a bad person, and I think that's a um, you know that really raises the question in our society 
where do you draw the line ethically? I mean, are you even allowed to think uh, yeah. something else uh, to explore an idea that you know is is, is uh, wrong? You'd still keep it in your head and explore it to its um, ultimate consequences, which is what this book does effectively. Yeah, well, it ultimately plays, it plays out something. Yeah, ultimately, you want to divorce the author from his work, you know, just because he, you know, writes a character that's that's really bad doesn't mean he's endorsing that character's views. Mm. So, and that that applies yeah. to any character and any situation, right? Now, it applies to us for talking about and recommending the book. Doesn't mean. Oh we, yeah, we, yeah. We, please we don't come after us. <laughs> One thing I want. Last thing that uh, this raised with uh, with me is uh, I had a déjà vu to you presenting the Stranger by Camus which I think was written about the same time. And when you, you're describing the book basically as being quite a, a detached journey of this person, the adventure of this person and to its ultimate demise uh, with, with a, an overlay of this is just things happening to him. Mm-hmm. It just immediately reminded me of uh, the stranger who was just doing certain things. I think we we're just debating why, but it was like from out of nihilism, uh, realizing life is absurd uh, or just to, for the sense of feeling something or triggering other people's uh, emotion towards him, uh, if we were to hypothesize he was doing it in a provocative way. And uh, I was wondering if that was kind of the, the spirit of the times, in a way. Was that what people were preoccupied with? And was that what caught on as well? And Because I think it was also published in France. So there are some overlaps. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? The Stranger is a existentialist novel. With Nabokov, I think it's it's psychological, which which probably connects. Like I'm not saying there's no overlap. I it, I don't know. I haven't looked into that too much. I think mm. you know. In the end of the day, The Stranger was a weird story, but no one was no one got too upset about that. The Lolita is a story that divided a lot of people. And, and I think in many ways it united a lot of people because, you know, mm. there's very few things that unite us more than the shared hatred for pedophiles, right? So, yeah, I mean... Like Trump. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's like for Trump. You, could, you could write a story about a mass murderer that, you know, burned down buildings and some people would be like, yeah, I get it, you know, he had his motivations, you know. Everyone, there's some people that like Thanos from you know, the Marvel stories. But if you write a story about a pedophile, no one will be like, yeah, you know, I get it. <laughs> and that's really, that's absolutely true. Like it raises a question, what would it, what would a similar topic be in today's world? Are we uh, edgier now or actually more conservative than people in the 50s? Would you be able to write Lolita today? <laughs> I, get away with yeah. I, I think I think you wouldn't be able to. Um I do think we are more edgy. Like there's definitely edgier yeah. stuff coming mm-hmm. out, but I think the general tolerance, the mainstream tolerance for these books is, is much yeah, less. maybe things are happening at the edges, but they're just not the main in the mainstream we're just not having the same debate. Absolutely. Because of this kind of polarization. So people cannot hold uh, opposing thoughts. Uh, and in mind at the same time, things that just blow up. Absolutely. I, that, yeah. I yeah. think the closest you can get to this topic that's not pedophilia is, is probably cannibalism. So I'm thinking about like the Hannibal books, the, you know, Silence of the Lamb type of stuff that made cannibals pretty sympathetic, although they were absolutely the worst people. And mm, I, yeah, I can't right. think of anything else that would, you know, tickle this, this outrage. 
Yeah, you, you touch upon American Psycho, but it's not stuff. This is stuff from what 10, 15, 20 years ago. Today, I think we've changed a lot in the last few years. It's quite interesting. Yeah. I think. What, what are the the books or movies that are truly edgy today? I can't think of anything mm. that is. There, are, there are a lot of like like children's stories. Like I, I quote children's stories, but like cartoons, like. Um, you know the the South Parks and the Family Guys, and and I think Smiling Friends is a recent one. There's the the Big Mouth that's also dwells on these these items. Mm. Interesting, because you're saying what effectively you're saying is that the medium has changed a little bit, and actually we have more tolerance to animated animation. We can put up with a lot more, right? Um, Rick and Morty, right, which is exploring yeah. a lot of dark themes, sometimes yeah. nihilistic. You can do pretty much anything in those virtual realities because it's a multiverse anyway. It's a simulation, and you, you're allowed to explore a lot of ethical themes that you otherwise wouldn't uh, be comfortable with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's giving you a lot. Of, it gives you that premise that allows you to take that risk. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. still, you know, it's still easy on you morally because it provides you with the excuse that this is not real. Uh, it's animation. Yeah. But that's what makes it even more valuable. The the, the Basically, Lolita in this context is the cur- basically the courage to explore uh, this this avatar, this theme, where um, there's no excuse um, that the you know the things are pretty real, and I guess it's doing a really tough job at making it as real as possible, and then playing out this character. So, you know, that's maybe that's where the value is. Yeah, that that kind of wraps up or sums up what I'm what my thinkings are. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, yeah. thanks for thanks for sharing this one. This is uh, my God. This is um, it's a tough yeah, one. I'm, I'm sure this will be very very popular and uh, will attract a lot of clicks. We'll have a good time with it. Yeah, fingers but, crossed. Uh, good, good <laughs> we'll, we'll add a link to the video in case anyone is interested in checking it out. It's an affiliate link that you can use to support us. Thank you so much, Russ. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? No, I think this uh, was pretty cool, and I'm really, yeah, really interesting to hear your perspective on this. And I, I was wondering, yeah, maybe one last question was, why did you choose this book? I mean, you could have chosen a lot of other ones. What made you uh, still linger on this? What do you, yeah, what? Yeah, why? Excellent. Why this one? Uh, total accident. <laughs> <Just> no <random. laughs> reasons whatsoever. Pulled it from your uh, from your bookshelf or mental bookshelf, and funny thing that that actually book. happened. We we had Lolita as a book, and I just pulled it, and I said, "Oh, I'll check it out." And I started reading cool. it, and I said, "Oh, this is and why not?" Well, anyway, yeah, I, I'd recommend it because I think as a book, it's, it's pretty easy to read. And um, I wouldn't say it's entertaining, but it's it's an interesting topic. It's an interesting thought exercise as well. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, nice chatting to you. Nice and chatting. thanks, everyone. See you next time. See you next time.